0: What's up, everybody? This is Stick to Football, Bleacher Report's college football and NFL Draft podcast. I'm your host, Matt Miller. And joining me every Friday morning, my homeboy, Mello. And now, Mello, we are in preparation for maybe Stick to Football video. We're sitting side by side, and now I can, like, mess with you. Like, like I can slap you while talking. <laughs> did you want to try it again? Here, I'll move my mic. <laughs> that was a real hit. That was me. We can reach each other now. Shit's gonna get weird. Real weird. Probably very weird. Tonight's show not going to get weird. We're going to give you all yeah, the well. information that you've missed throughout the week with our spin on it. Pro day information, rumors that we're hearing. We're going to do the top 5 very topical worst free agent signings in NFL history. Uh did not make the list but maybe could have me re-signing with Bleacher Report. They they really I mean didn't. it's it's still new so they still have time to uh right. you know, maybe make the list <laughs> next year with that signing. I hope I our know. contracts are more baseball and less NFL. No, yeah, like, like fully guaranteed right, right, right. money. Like if I get hurt, like your two is going to be okay. Yeah. Like I want that Mike Trout treatment. I don't know. You I don't probably know. should read through that. I I don't know. <laughs> I Maybe you should have read through it before you <laughs> yeah, signed it. Be too late. And tweeted all your, you know, I'm coming back. I ain't fucking leaving. <laughs> yeah, that was a great video. Uh, and Easton Stick. speaking of leaving, he is leaving. North Dakota State. He's joining us uh, to talk about, I think we're just going to talk to him about Carson Wentz and like mess with him. Like interview yeah. him about someone else. Let's put him through the combined interview, but Ooh. on the show, and not like but no prep. I'm glad we've workshopped that, <laughs> yeah, right? In now, the opening. We have it, it is in 25 <laughs> minutes the interview, so I'm glad we figured this out together now. And then we are going to answer your draft on draft questions. Uh, I told you guys on Wednesday we'd get back into doing that and we are. Let's start here, Mello. You're a Chiefs fan. I am uh transitioning to be a Chiefs fan. I am gotta... 49% <laughs> a 49ers fan, 51% a Chiefs fan currently. But what about your Patriots? Well, that's one hundred percent. Sixty percent of the time, right, it works right, every right. time. I never thought I would be the like the guy who has multiple teams, but it's happened. Oh, you definitely are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and as soon as like the Niners get Nick Bosa, you're going to be back on. That I don't train. think so. Actually, we could talk about that because we have a little bit of time. I don't think that would happen. Like, I am so done with John Lynch, and it's like it's a John Lynch problem for me. It's yeah. not. Like, it has nothing to do with like, oh, I don't like Jimmy Garoppolo or I don't like I liked Jimmy. I was really happy when they made that trade for him. I, I really liked the way he played uh, when he was healthy. And like that, I I really like some of those players. It's yeah. just I don't I don't know. I think some of it's like geographical too. I just feel so distant. They always play that weird afternoon game out on the West Coast. Yeah, that's my nap time now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I still think that they're gonna draft somebody else at number two, so you probably won't have to worry about. Nick Bosa being there. Yeah, as long as the Chiefs get a good pick at 29 or when Brett Veach trades up to like 13 and exactly <laughs> Brian Burns, I'm gonna be pretty happy. Uh so let's go here. Justin Houston signs with the Colts. Two years, $24 million to $12 million a year. Pretty good money for a guy who has only played in uh 17 games over the last or 27 games over the last two years, and he hasn't had a full season since 2014. He had 22 and a half sacks that last year, though. Yeah, and he did not take much of a pay cut. I know that he got released by the Chiefs. Uh, They didn't want to pay him that much money. The Colts apparently do. They want to get an edge rusher, so they kind of pay for a guy. Uh, I think you're banking on him being healthy. If he can come in and he can be healthy, he's going to be a very good pass rusher. You're right. This is a guy who not that long ago, uh, he got 20 sacks in a season. If he can have that like J.J. Watt-type comeback where he can get healthy, rest his body a little bit, Maybe take it a little easy in the early part of the season. Come in, play a couple snaps, take a couple off, really get himself going. I think that he could be a very good signing for the Colts. And, I mean, this front office knows it. Right. That's the key. And and people were getting upset. Like, Chiefs fans are like, this guy can't stay healthy. He's got bad knees. Colts fans are like, he had... You know, seven and a half. What did he have? Nine sacks last year, nine and a half the year before. So he has been productive when he's been on the field. If you just look at the stats. So I think if you are Chris Ballard, you do know him really well. I I said, I think this is a situational role. You do not want him playing 80% of your snaps at defensive end. Now, third downs. Hell yeah. Let him pin his ears back and go get it. I think just in pure terms of pass rusher, he's better than D Ford. Way better win healthy because d Ford also can't play the run to save his life and more consistent as well much more if i I know that Justin Houston is kind of older, but if I had to have one of those guys moving forward, I would probably still pick Justin right. Houston just you know he's going to miss some games, but he's still going to give you nine yeah. sacks. D Ford might actually cost you games or Trust a Super Bowl me, we've seen it before yeah he Justin Houston played sixty nine percent of snaps last year nice. That's really good stats. Good stats. He played 86 the year before that. So it it is just about injury for him. I I think the knee injury that he suffered, uh, I believe the year after he signed the big contract is, is where you're kind of at now like, Oh, is he ever going to get back to that? He's 30 years old. Um, I think as a pass rusher, you can still be pretty impactful at 30 if you're not expected to play every down. Yeah. And especially I, I like the two year deal. I think that gives them a chance to see what they have in year one. And then get another look at him in year two. Maybe they do like him. Maybe he comes out now. I hope he's healthy. I uh, hope the best for Justin Houston. He was a great chief for a very long time. Uh, some other guys that might be a chief as we had the Alabama Pro Day and a lot of news there. Guys like Quinn and Williams making some news. Maybe even going to be the second pick in the draft. Uh, I would be okay with that as a not Niners fan. I think that's a really good value for an interior pass rusher. He opted not to work out. And I will say this, we're going to talk about Ohio State's Pro Day. Nick Bosa opted not to work out. I don't care. No, not for those guys. It doesn't no, matter. It doesn't matter. It, the top five guys in this class, they, they don't need to work out. I would say even Montez Sweat didn't need to work out. There's a lot of guys that just, you do don't know, Devin need to. White. You had a good combine. Stand uh-huh. on it. Yeah, with Quinton Williams. He, he didn't work out, didn't do the Pro Day, didn't need to. But what he did do is he got to meet with some teams that are interested in him. And one of them was uh, your 49ers or half of Someone's them. Someone's 49ers. I'm just going to poke the bear until he comes at me. I don't know. Do I need to start talking DK Metcalf? That's, I'll come across the, <laughs> the space between us. There's some cords, but I, I might trip, but I'll fall on you. I don't care. That's probably my best chance in a fight with you is to trip and like headbutt you, you know, like on the way down. No, like, you'd have just, to go for my right. knees. Like that's my weakness. Yeah, or I'd tickle you. But I'm not ticklish. Try oh. it. Tickle me. I can't. I'm Do it. Tickle me. I'm not ticklish at all. You're solid. (laughs) I'm ticklish in one spot of my body, and it's the bottom of my feet. I can barely wash my feet without fucking just giggling and drowning myself in the shower. The rest of my body, a okay. I'm picturing you with your, like, super long back scrubber, like, trying to get those footsies. Like, I'm going to fucking do it this time. I have to surprise myself. It's like, I don't know when it's going to come. I got to clean that toe. I just squirt some soap. In the bottom of the shower and just run my feet over it. Put the little stopper in the tub and get some water going. Swish around in there a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I actually, when Sims and I worked together at BR, we had a conversation about this once because people were like, do you wash your feet? He was like, I'm six foot five. Do you know how hard that is? He's like, there's enough chemicals in this water. I don't even know that we need to use soap. And I'm just (laughs) like, you know what? I agree with that. Man ain't wrong. Right? Like, I mean, that's not the craziest thing I've ever heard. No, I mean, I'm, I. Definitely there will be a chapter quirks. in my book that I publish when I retire, uh, and it would just be like shit I heard at BR. Oh you know? yeah, like the guy who used to get completely naked to take poops in the office. <laughs> that's going in there. <laughs> uh, you walk in the very small bathroom when we had the eight 8 office, and the dude's clothes would be hanging over the door. I'm like, is he changing? No, he's pooping. That's a weird move. Like, I wouldn't. I don't even do that in my own house. No, I don't. know. No. And then you get the back seat like of the toilet. That's cold up against your back, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, if you have your shirt off and you're like, do I do I touch it? Is it mm-hmm. ready? And you kind of warm it up a little bit by getting close. But if, like, I'm always hot, so maybe that would feel nice. Maybe so. Do not you, in you an office bathroom, around? though. That's weird. Okay, we got way off topic. We Alabama really did. Alabama pro day. Um, Quentin Williams, no works out, but he does dine with the 49ers. Josh Jacobs does work out. Ran a 4-6 flat, according to, I think, Daniel Jeremiah. Had that time on him. Uh, not great. But I think anyone who's ever watched Josh Jacobs play did not expect him to run a 4-4. No, and I think, I say everybody, but it was common knowledge to at least us that he was going to come in. uh, Even agents and people were talking 4-5, 4-6. It was no surprise at all. So for him to run a 4-6 flat, yeah, as expected, Uh, running backs, great thing about him get 20 yards at a time get chunk plays right. you don't need to break everything for 40 yards like what how many guys actually break off a 40 yard run like you're going to get Johnson. caught from behind it's it's not important for you to be able to run the ball 40 yards i want to see what you can do in the agilities and more importantly is he healthy is he ready to go i think the hamstring is a bit of an issue for him and and something that i've always thought with uh, i remember cream hunt came out and i had a third round grade on cream hunt and he didn't run well i think he ran a 464 and it you know, it was like, okay, well, he he's slow, but he wasn't. I think he led the NFL in rushing as a rookie. And he had a play against the Patriots, I think it was, where he like bust out on like a sixty-yard run. And so many people got my mentions like, I thought you said he was slow. It's like, well, game speeds faster. Like he's being chased right now by Dante Hightower. It's a little different than being like terrified at your pro day that you're gonna fall start on a 40. Exactly. And I mean, he is who he is. As long as he can come out and teams get a good look at that. Was it hamstring? I've yeah. heard hamstring. I've heard groin. Whatever that is, who cares? He still catches the ball very well in the backfield. He's got that one step cut that can just destroy people's whole lower bodies. So I think he's going to be and all power. right. Power. So much power. Yeah. He was a lot bigger than I thought he was going to be. I actually thought he was going to be under 210. No, he was 219. And he, and he wasn't. He was around 218, 219. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, big back, very versatile. I think he's going to be okay when it comes to draft time. I think so too. Uh, I would lo- anyone who wants to bet me on if Josh Jacobs goes first round, my DMs are open. It needs to be at least $100, though. Nope. You're too rich for my blood. Like $100. Like, if you want to start there, like $100. Yeah, and I mean cash money. None of this. I'll donate to your charity stuff. Like, I'm trying to go to some vacations this summer. So, <laughs> if anybody wants in there, I'll take your I'll take your cash. Ohio State Pro Day, uh, like we said, Nick Bosa doesn't work out. He and his quads uh, just rested on the combine times, which were fine. He also had dinner with the 49ers. I want to get some of these guys on and be like, when you, we'll ask Easton Stick. When you go on a visit... With teams, what do you order? Do you, like, go, do you, like, order the tomahawk, get, like, the biggest thing on the menu? Yes. Or do you, like, oh, I'm healthy, I want the salmon? Yeah, I mean, you're probably not going to eat it. Anybody who's ever been on, like, a, you know, interview type of work thing when you're eating, you don't really get to eat that oh, food I would. anyway. I would. So is it's, it, like, a first date where you're, yeah, like, Yeah, right? Yeah. I haven't been on a first date in a year. I don't <laughs> oh, know, God, <laughs> so, so long. And uh, I, I think I ordered the Cajun chicken pasta. Because you can kind of pick at that. Yeah, you were on that kick, too. I, re- I really was. And then I realized I was paying $30 for Cajun chicken pasta. Yeah, <laughs> I was this like, eh, is like, I'm done. Mac and cheese with some chicken in it, pretty much. Some sausage. Somebody cut up some smoked oh, sausage and put it in there. What is with us tonight? I don't We can't stay on topic. Your uh, ADD is... Waiting t- for the meds <laughs> to kick in. I don't know. They're <laughs> a little late. We sit beside each other, and we get in more trouble than when we can see each other. This is like riding in the backseat of mom and dad's car, like, <laughs> getting yelled at. Um Ohio State, the guys that did work out, Dwayne Haskins, the quarterback, I was not there. Everyone says had a fantastic day throwing the ball, which I think is expected. Like you and Connor joke about guys throwing in jorts, and Haskins does that very, very well. And he's very intelligent. He's going to handle, like a pro day is the perfect spot for him because he is going to go do the dinner with the Giants. And he's going to handle that situation well. And then he's going to go throw. Like that, I don't really know what Dwayne Haskins doesn't do well. All the things that are struggles for him are, I think, more experience based than like a deficiency. Yeah, because we've only seen him do it for one year. And I think that is going to be a knock on him. Uh, I still have questions about his arm strength, but again, that's something that can really develop. And you have to project that. Because these guys are going to grow, especially a guy who's probably 21, 22 years old. He's still coming into his body. He's going to get into, I know Ohio State probably has an exceptional workout program there, but he's going to get into an NFL workout, and his body's going to change, and he can develop some arm strength there. I don't know if I would take him at six, but I think the Giants will. I think you will have to trade up from six. Yeah, somebody came at me on Twitter like that, why can't you just let him fall? Well, Well, there's 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 a lot of teams already talking about trading up. Uh, I Even the Dolphins and the Redskins, I don't think they stay pat there at number, you know, 15 and like 13. Where, exactly. Like, oh, all these quarterbacks are going to go, and then everyone and their brother trades up to get one. Speaking of quarterbacks, Kyler Murray, Pro Day at OU, and we've talked about the workout, blah, blah, blah. The Cardinals are meeting with Kyler Murray now in Norman. Like, not, his Pro Day already happened. It was uh, a week ago, week and a day ago when you're listening to this. And went okay. He didn't run. He threw what went fine. But now the Cardinals right are going to go back to Oklahoma to hang out with him. Cliff Kingsbury just can't get enough. Yeah, he probably just wants to get on that Oklahoma campus and see what a real university oh, looks like. Wow, It's hard to say that because it's Oklahoma, I know. but it's true. Um, i your mouth. Again, too much talk around Kyler Murray going to the Cardinals. It's just, it's going to happen. I think if they could come out and say they're taking Kyler Murray, number one, they would. I'm glad you said that because they, the NFL has begged teams, if you have the first pick, do not come out and say you're drafting. They want the... The anticipation yep. of draft night. They're with the show. Yeah. yeah. Did you see my pitch on Twitter for the new show that I want to do? Yes, I did. And did that's you like, like it? That's the best idea you've ever had. Yeah, so for people that don't follow me on Twitter, uh, I don't know if you know <laughs> Welcome this. Welcome to the show. But I have this Twitter handle, and it's the only reason that I have my job. is because I got on Twitter early and got this awesome handle. It's at NFL Draft Scout. And so my idea is this. You follow a team, and I, I think it should be the Raiders. I've talked to a lot of people about this today. So you follow the Raiders. <laughs> my friends tell me my it's My friends great. tell me it's a great idea. So you follow the Raiders starting at the Senior Bowl and like you got cameras behind the scenes do like a once a week or whatever hard knock style and you follow them from the Senior Bowl to draft night and you like you could get into like meetings and like talk about the players without saying their name you know with the Patriots and Chiefs have done things like that with their scouts before and you make it like a reality dating show. So each week like you as a fan watching at home like at the end of the show it's like who will the Raiders take it for we've narrowed it down to like these 10 players right and yep. so they're picking it four. You could do that. You could narrow it down. And then draft night, boom, reality dating. They give the rose to Quinn and Williams at four or whatever. And yeah. or I think you said you would give him like $30 million. Right. I think he had to accept that over the rose. But you're right. It is like reality show because you can throw some fake names out there that aren't on your big board. Just like with The Bachelor. They keep people around who are kind of on production. They're the production people. Yeah, picks. and they're going to, you know, keep the ratings up. So maybe you throw some people on your big board who aren't really options. Like the Raiders the are going to draft Daniel Jones at four. Yeah, right, yeah, throw him in channels. there, make it work. Like, I would watch it. I don't know if any NFL team would be like, yes, give us, you know, an inside look at the way we run our draft, but I sure as hell would watch it. got it. I thought it was one of my better ideas, and I trademarked the tweet. So I saw that. You put TM. So, so, so. We own Stunny. this idea now. That's how hit me with the, I declare bankruptcy on yeah. that. And so, yeah, I didn't have to stand up on a table. One more note before we do our top fives and before we toss to Easton, talk to Easton's. That's a lot. It's like the T button on my keyboard's broken right now, so I can't even say T either. Yeah. I actually don't know. Um I really don't. I have no idea. Right. Yeah. Wink. (laughs) No, I really don't know. Yeah, Yeah, no, I'm with you. Yeah, you don't know. Wink. (laughs) Wink. Yeah. And so tate Martell gets his hardship waiver. And I want to give old Tathan some credit. When he transferred from Ohio State, he called me humble rag and said Hey, I'm going to get the waiver. And I'm like, I I don't think you are, buddy. And he's like, no, 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 trust me. I'm going to get it. And so he laid out his plan to me, which I don't think I am at liberty to share on the show. And I was like, I think you're going to get your hardship. So I came on the show and told you guys, I think he's going to get the hardship waiver. And everybody's like, he's not going to get a hardship waiver. Well, it turns out he did. And I don't know that the details will ever leak. Again, you'll have to buy my book. This will be in there as well. Uh, I need to start taking notes because there's a lot of things that need to go in the book. Yeah. And even not going into anything that he told you, because if you told me, I don't remember. Uh, His coach got fired for abuse. That should be reason enough for you to be like, you know what? university is probably not for me. And I know it wasn't his head coach, but it was an offensive coach, the receiver's coach. If that happens, you should be able to jump ship and go wherever you want Uh, I am on board with college free agency. You should get one pass, be able to sign and go anywhere you want. Uh, I know some of these other guys have taken more than one year. You look at the Blake Barnett's of the world, it seems like he's on a different team every year. Well, it's not like college basketball at least. Yeah, I mean, it's not the one and done thing. But let these guys go somewhere else. Justin Fields, Shea Patterson even. If you really look at the hardships that they've gotten – that's not a hardship. No, uh, you just had some stuff happen on campus. Like, they There's much right. worse going right, on right. on a campus. So I like the fact that they're doing this. Why not just come out and say it? Well, and I think with Martell, it's interesting because like Ohio State didn't want him back. So like, why should he not be able to go somewhere and play immediately? Exactly. And I mean, his spot got taken by Justin Field, right? Who so couldn't earn go. a spot at Georgia. So just let him go. I blame play Jake Fromm for all this. Yeah, he really started it. He, like, came in and was like, Jacob Eason gets shit, (laughs) pack your shit. Yeah, you're gone. Justin Fields, I think you're good. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and take us to a national championship. You guys can just go find somewhere else. Enjoy Washington. It's great up there. It is beautiful. But you're right. It was definitely Jake Fromm that kicked this whole thing off. I'm happy for Tate Martell. I'm happy for all the other quarterbacks that got their hardship uh, because this is something that I want to see happen in the NCAA. All right, Mello, we have the official quarterback of the Stick to Football podcast on with us now. North Dakota State's Easton Stick. What a great name for this podcast. I think if he were a boxer, it would be like, Easton Stick to Football. I like it. That was was a stretch, but I like it. Easton, welcome. Welcome to this is what the next 15 minutes are going to be like for you. I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) I'm excited, guys. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, so first question's first. You are not on Twitter because I went to tag you today and was like, Oh, we have Easton Stick on. This is awesome. And I'm like doing the at and typing your name, and there's nothing there. So you're either you have like the world's best burner, or you're not on Twitter. I couldn't find you.
1: Yeah, no burners for me. I'm not on there. I used to have all that stuff. I don't have uh, Instagram or anything, Facebook either. So used to have it, uh, but just, just it was a few years ago got rid of it. Uh, honestly, I haven't really had the the urge to get it back. So I'm I'm kind of a ghost. I like it that way.
0: Yeah. So out in North Dakota, do they have the internet where you're at? <laughs> You know, it's pretty spotty, dude. We still got dial up, mostly. So you got to work through it. He's doing his homework, sliding that AOL disc in his modem, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, your floppy yeah. drive. So, what is yeah. like, what's Fargo like on a Friday night, man? Like, what do you guys do? Uh, I mean, we are from a very small town in Missouri, 700 people. So I feel like I can make fun of this. Like, have you been cow tipping yet?
1: <laughs> you no, know, I haven't. I know I've got some, uh, some offensive linemen that I think that's probably one of their favorite activities. Uh, but yeah, you guys are from a small town. You know what it's about. Uh, but it's fun. Uh, Fargo is a, a pretty cool community. Obviously, uh, they, they love their football, um, and so that part is really fun. Playing for a community that cares, and uh, yeah, it's going. It's fun going back to some of the small towns with, with some of the guys of the group in the area.
0: Well, now that we've kind of shat on North Dakota, uh, we realize Fargo is a great place to play. I honestly would put that fan base up against any fan base in Division One if you went by like per capita. You got a great fan base there. What was that recruitment like to North Dakota State? Because you're an Omaha Nebraska guy. Were you getting D one offers and then kind of North Dakota State pulled you away or how'd that work out?
1: Yeah, I I mean like you said, growing up in Omaha, I think everybody wants to be a husker or, you know, playing the, the Big Ten or the Big Twelve, you know, the, the big time football right there. And um, you know, I wasn't the fastest guy and um, you know, so found my way to Fargo and feel really fortunate that I did. And I think obviously um, the success that they had been having was really attractive I think uh, they were going on to win their third national championship in a row from the time I got there um, and so that was really attractive and then just to the, the style of football I watch them on TV and they're on their center um, their shift trade motion before the snap and so you know just the opportunity to, to play an offense like that uh, you know to learn about football was really intriguing and um, so you said, I mean just the Fargo community is pretty special and um, you know, the more time I spent around it, the easier that decision was.
0: How many games did you lose in college football? <laughs> three. <laughs> three, three, and that's like three and a half years as a starter. That's not many people can say that. Yeah, that is that the record. It's got to be close to the record. Uh,
1: yeah, I think it's the well the wins record, the FCS wins record. We were we were forty nine and three when I was playing, so uh, that's the record So right now.
0: Wow. Yeah. So what is it going to be like? Like, say you get drafted by, you know, like the Jaguars or something. That was a bad example. They have Nick Foles. Say you get drafted by a team. Like, I mean, the Browns just went one in 31 over two years. You lost three games in four years. Do you think you can, like, a lot of people's like, can you handle winning? Can you handle losing? Or are you going to, like, throw a tantrum the first time you guys lose four games?
1: <laughs> you know, I'm not sure. Um, honestly, though, I think you're going to have to handle winning, and losing. Uh, a little bit the same way. You can't, you know, be too up or too down. Uh, you got to learn from it and move on. You know, whether you played well or, or played poorly, you win or lose. Um, you know, it's a quick turnaround, and, and you got another week, you know, to to get ready to play. So, uh, you know, you got to handle it the same way. But, um, you know, definitely don't plan on making a habit of losing.
0: You didn't make a habit of losing. That's for sure. You just kind of went through this whole combine process. What was the big takeaway for you from the combine? Was it? Uh, I know a lot of people go and they talk about how it wasn't a very pleasant, pleasant experience for them with the interviews and everything like that. How was it for you?
1: You know, honestly, I enjoyed it. There's some stuff. Obviously, it's it's a long week and uh, you're grinded. I think you know you know physically and mentally a little bit with everything going on. But it, I mean, it's it's something you grow up as a kid watching it and wanted an opportunity to to be on that stage and so. Uh, it was a fun week for me. Got I to meet mean, a lot of people. Um, you know, a lot of guys that uh, obviously had yeah, really good and, and successful college careers, and then just getting the chance to meet with um, you know NFL coaches and and personnel people. Uh, it was awesome. I mean, you're interviewing for an opportunity to to play football, and there's nothing better than that. So getting an opportunity just to sit down and talk football with um, you know some of the best coaches in our game was was really exciting, and um, you know I, I had a lot of fun doing that stuff.
0: So I played a little bit of quarterback back in my day. I was probably almost as good as you were. What's it like, though? Oh, we're laughing at that now. Okay, that's jokes, I guess. What is it like, though? Because I have played a little quarterback. It's very hard to throw to different receivers and receivers that you don't know, you don't have that timing with. What was it like going to the combine with all that pressure and then not having the timing with these receivers?
1: Yeah, that's part of it, but I mean, everybody's kind of dealt the same cards and that's just the way it's done, and so at the end of the day, you know a ten-yard route is a ten-yard route. So you just kind of you got to find a way to to put it in the spot. Hopefully they can make a play, and and yeah, you don't necessarily know who you're throwing to and how they're going to run it, but um, you just go out there and, and kind of cut it loose and, and let it fly. Uh, you know that was my approach, and uh, I feel really really good with with the way it went.
0: So I'm not gonna ask you to name any of these receivers, but did like any receiver drop a pass or or not bring one in that you thought they should have and you just got super pissed off at him?
1: <laughs> no, I moved on pretty quick. All no right. worries.
0: He's got the quarterback thing down where he like laughs and you like know he wants to answer your question, but he's not answering <laughs> Yeah, question. like, oh, there definitely was this <laughs> yeah. dude. I I wish I could tell you about him. We'll we'll talk about him later off air. You maybe. guys push stop, he's gonna go hard at like D- don't do it to DK Metcalf. He'll he'll eat you or something. But to anyone <laughs> no else. Kidding. You said that you weren't fast. You rushed for 41 touchdowns in college. So I would like to politely call bullshit because you don't rush for 41 touchdowns in college without being at least somewhat quick. You don't run a 4 six, 2 and not be fast. That, right. Like That is a good time. You are moving, especially for a quarterback.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, that's just part of my game. And, um, you know, I was working like the offense we played in at North Dakota State. Um, you know, I remember sitting in, in the first meeting we ever had uh, that I was a part of as a freshman. And Our offensive coordinator gets up gets up in front of the room and, and talks about the goals for the season, and one of the first ones was uh, that we were going to lead the country in physicality. <laughs> and uh, like that, that included the quarterback, and so uh, I got to be a part of the run game. um uh, got to be physical and uh, you know, wasn't I wasn't always the best decision maker on when to slide and when to go out of bounds, but um, I got to have fun with that. It's part of my game, and Um, So it was fun to get out there and and run around and, and pretend to be an athlete for a little
0: bit. Pretend to be an athlete. I love that. You know we have to ask you about this. You are the guy, hopefully people know this, when Carson Wentz got hurt his senior year, you're the guy who came in and made sure that North Dakota State still had a chance to play for a national championship. You kept the boat going and had a really good freshman year in 2015. So what is, like, what's a it doesn't have to be PG 13. I don't know why I was going to say that. What's your best Carson Wentz story that like, maybe not everyone knows.
1: Oh man. Uh, You know, I probably have a few. Um, Carson's a very uh, type A uh, personality. And so uh, we've had some fun conversations, I think throughout the years, whether it was about football or or something else. Uh, But just uh, learned a ton from Carson and um, he, he was a good mentor and is a good friend to me. And so, uh, I learned a ton from him and, and had it obviously, um, you know, learned a lot and that helped me have success that first year and kind of move it forward. But, um, you yeah, we could, we could probably spend some time off air talking, talking about some stories. <laughs> there we there go.
0: Off yeah, ha- air. Has he taken you hunting yet? Uh,
1: you know, I don't know if I've ever actually been out with Carson. Um, uh, he's, he's into it a little bit. I'm not there. He's, uh. Crazy into it as he is, but uh, you know, he, he I fed on a little bit, but I don't honestly, I don't think I've ever gone out with him, so maybe I don't know, maybe we're not as good as friends as, as I thought. <laughs>
0: Sorry that we had to go yeah, digging yeah. deep into your uh skeletons in the closet there. You yeah, talk about like him being a mentor to you and some of the things that he taught you, but I have to know. Where the hell did you learn how to dribble a football like that? If people don't know what I'm talking about, go YouTube it right now. It's absolutely ridiculous watching you. Unless you're driving. Literally. I don't even care. Take it. Check it out. Not really. Disclaimer. Check it out, though. Where did you learn how to do that, or when did you realize that you could?
1: Uh, Honestly, I just it's just been something that, I don't know, you're standing on the field and and guys are messing around, and it was something uh, that I've been, been doing for a while, and, um, I probably got a little lucky. That's probably the best sequence I've ever had. And it just happened to be that the camera was on me for whatever reason during that. Uh, But it was just kind of part of my pregame routine. I'd mess around and uh, move the ball around a little bit. And, and yeah, like I said, I think I got pretty lucky. Do
0: you you have any other football tricks, like, hitting up your sleeve that you can do besides the dribbling?
1: You know, maybe. uh, That might have to be a wait and and see kind of thing. All
0: right. All right. Secretive. I like it. So... (laughs) We you're just coming off the combine and we just decided at the beginning of the show, we were going to put you through a mock interview, but not tell you in advance. So uh, we're just going to ask you some questions. These are actual questions that have been asked to prospects at the combine. So I'm not making any of these up. I swear to God, these are sourced. OK, <laughs> question number one, and I, I would like to reiterate, this is a real question. Do you find your mother attractive? <laughs>
1: that is the weirdest question.
0: <laughs> it's real. It's a real question.
1: Isn't that crazy that people are answering that question?
0: Yeah. The, the next question was, the next question was, do you like men? Oh. When did you lose your virginity? Uh, what's your murder weapon of choice? Would you rather be a cat or dog? That one's pretty tame after the first couple. Did you have any <laughs> yeah, of those moments is. where people are like asking you stuff and you're like, how does this tell you if I'm a good football player?
1: <laughs> you know, in the moment, I'm glad I didn't. But now looking back on it, I, I wish I would have had something like that because I didn't have any kind of off the wall or, or crazy questions. And so a little disappointed now that I'm done with it. I don't have
0: any like fun stories to, to tell about any of that stuff. You know what that means is that you're like a good person. Like if you don't get asked to the, like, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not trying to piss you off with the interview. Right. So you're probably all set on the character traits. Yeah. That's yeah. When you come from North Dakota state, I think that's, that's a good one. Uh, so what do you have going on between now and the draft? Like it, it, this is kind of a weird time. People are doing private workouts, pro days. What's your calendar like for the next month?
1: Yeah, so I'm actually um, in Southern California right now where I've been training uh, most most of the off season and um, I'll fly back tomorrow actually to Fargo um, and we've got a week till Pro Day and so uh, we'll work out um, with the guys on the 28th for Pro Day and uh, really excited to do that just get get back and, and be around the campus and be around some teammates and, and, and do that thing and then from there honestly. Um, It'll just be, kind of like you said, the the private workouts in Fargo and, um, you know, try to stay in shape and uh, do everything I can to to make sure I'm ready for for wherever the opportunity takes me. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to this next month until we find out what's going to happen.
0: Do you have plans already? Like, how are you going to spend draft weekend?
1: You know, I'm not sure yet. Uh, We'll we'll kind of figure that, I guess, as it gets closer. But, um, you know, I'll probably go back home to Omaha and, and be around family and friends and um, you know, that'll be that'll be a fun weekend. I'm be a long weekend potentially, but um it's gonna be fun and so I'll make sure I'm around family and friends.
0: Well if you want, just go ahead RSVP me. Uh I'll be there. I'll bring some beer. <laughs> Absolutely hang out.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's perfect. You're of, you're of age. What's your beer of choice? Um uh,
1: yeah, I'm a Budweiser guy.
0: Oh, there you go. That's good. Yep. Yeah. yeah we're too. from Missouri. Yeah. I like that's good. That's a good answer. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good answer. That doesn't mess with your figure. I feel like I just like I'm trying not to gain no, too much think, weight as I get older. So no,
1: I think the metabolism's still good right now. So maybe Ooh, the, the lucky dog. I
0: I've found that the key is to still work out while you drink, not just give <laughs> up the working out completely. Oh, that's And I'm Then you on. don't gain the weight. I understand now. Yeah, I understand so much. That's An interesting theory. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. We do appreciate you coming on, dude, and letting us like not stick to football with you. Um, as is true to our name and yours. So thanks so much. And if you ever get on Twitter, I want to be your first follower. So you got to <laughs> let us know in advance, man, so we can get on there. Yeah, that's at, yeah, no doubt. at Mello, M-E-L-L-O. So just hook me up. It's like a damn <laughs> no commercial. doubt, guys. All right, dude, we appreciate it, man. Good luck, and we'll be rooting for you on draft weekend.
1: Awesome. Thanks a ton, folks.
0: All right, Mello, we are back. Easton Stick was great. He was a very good interview. Uh, we are kind of going off the rails tonight, and he put up with our shit. So uh, I would draft him just based off that interview alone. He's Sometimes I forget that like we're professional and they're prospects. And we have to be like cool, but I want to be like, hey, we're doing this Royals game March thirtieth. Like if you're in Omaha. Omaha ain't that far away. Should, not? should ask him about Alex Gordon. Let's call him up. We can just hit him back. <laughs> yeah. I guess number. Just hit him back. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's no. I think you'd be like, leave me alone. <laughs> Blocking your yeah, number, right? Uh, we do have a top five tonight. Top five worst free agent signings. Um, I almost put Bobby Hart on here just to stay topical to this year because that is cannot believe the Bengals are paying this guy to play. Uh, to play, I don't know. Is has Eric Flowers been signed by somebody? He got one year, four million. <laughs> That's a bad deal. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst deal. for agent. History. Oh my god, four yeah. million dollars. Yep, I could beat him in a pass rush. I actually think you could. Like. Give me 10 times. I bet I get him once. Which is absurd because he makes $4 million to do uh-huh. it. And I make $0 to yeah. get to the quarterback. I think you could bull rush him. He's so tall. He can't get low. I could I could hit him with like a Dwight Freeddy oh. spin move. You guys, do you think you got a spin in those legs? I'm not as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. <laughs> wow, Toby Keith. <laughs> Thanks. All right. I'm going to flip this coin. Mello's always heads. I'm always tails. And I always win. And I got cocky. It's, it's. <laughs> Exactly. Because it always is. Worst free agent signings ever. I have to go with Albert Hainsworth. This dude signed a seven-year, $100 million contract to come in and be like a nose tackle, a space eater. And he didn't do anything for the Washington Redskins. He actually only played in 20 games for them. And he caused more problems on the field and off the field than he was he stomped on a man's face. Ever good for. It. Yeah. Just a terrible, terrible signing. Terrible. Uh, terrible. I think he spent more time partying with that money than we have this spring. So terrible signing. Terrible. That would be the all time worst free agent signing for me. I don't even know if anybody else could be considered. I won I was trying to look this up, but my keyboard's broken. I think he was Sticky the too. first one hundred million dollar contract, even. I mean it was a huge deal at the time. Yeah. You look at the look at the deals now. Like yeah. D Ford is a pretty good pass rusher. He's not getting seven years, one hundred million dollars. No. Well the Redskins are also dumb. The, <laughs> yeah. They're gonna be on I this have, list. I have two Redskins on my list. I could have done a top five just off Redskins. Yeah, I just realized one guy on your list is on my list. I don't have to change that on the fly. Okay, Uh, number five for me, I'm going to go with Neil O'Donnell. 1996, when most of you were just little puppies, he took the Steelers to a Super Bowl. They lost. Cowboys beat him, and he played terribly in that Super Bowl, by the way. He signed with the Jets. Again, this is 1996. And it's the Jets, 23 years ago. A five-year, $25 million contract. So that doesn't sound like a lot of money now. It was back then. He started six games. The Jets went 1-15 that year. So he had a massive impact uh, on that. I think the next year they took Keyshawn Johnson, though. So, like, it kind of worked out. But the right. Jets, like, the Jets need for a quarterback. Like, think in 96, they were still so goddamn desperate for a quarterback that they signed, like, Neil O'Donnell. Two good quarterbacks in their franchise history. I don't know. Maybe we should get Connor on to talk about it. Would you ch- consider Chad Pennington like a good quarterback? I would consider him good, but he got hurt before he could like right. do anything. So it's like Joe Namath and then Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. Cool. Maybe he'll take him to a Super Bowl, too. Number two guy for me, I'm actually going with Matt Flynn. He was supposed to be the guy after throwing so many touchdowns for the Packers. Signed with the Seattle Seahawks. Three years, $26 million except for they drafted this little guy out of Wisconsin named Russell Wilson, and Matt Flynn never started a game. That's three years, $26 million to be a backup. He threw nine passes with the Seahawks. Nine, and you paid him $26 million. I want to talk about this if I can. Let's uh, talk about it for a moment. So when Russ got picked by the Seahawks, I had to grade that draft, and I graded it a D. And I said, "Whoops!" they just paid Matt Flynn all this money, and now you're going to draft Russell Wilson in the third round. So it was like, and I, I wish I could find the write up. Um, I said in it like that I liked Russell Wilson a lot, but like, why would you draft a guy after just paying Matt Flynn all this money? So even at the time, like hindsight is always perfect, and like it's it's been several years now. People forget that like that was dramatic. That and they had traded for Tyree Jackson as well. Or, yeah, uh, is that T- his name? Nope, it's so. close. That's a kid from Buffalo. Yeah. It's something like that, it was. He wore number was figure seven, it out. Yeah, played for the Chargers as well. Yeah, <laughs> I can't remember, I cannot think of his first name. Great podcast, <laughs> yeah, but you're right. They brought in even somebody else to even kind of compete almost with Matt Flynn, and then they took a very good quarterback in the third round. I guess that maybe they just thought Russell Wilson wouldn't fall to them, like maybe they, they obviously loved him, Tavares. Tavares Jackson. I was yep. so close. But maybe they thought Russell Wilson wouldn't be there. They needed to get a quarterback. And then when he fell to him at three, they were like, we cannot pass on this guy. So maybe they did make the right move, but you still signed a backup quarterback to three years, $26 million, and he threw nine passes for you. Yeah, that's that's not great at all. And this is like you said, this is gonna be a a heavy Washington one. And uh so I went I went Neil O'Donnell, but you have a Washington one coming up now that hurts my heart. <laughs> It's your ghost. You? I <laughs> thought you had one next. Oh, I'm sorry. I read the notes wrong. <laughs> I do you see we're doing this backward on the rundown? Like I'm I do. Okay. That was confusing to me. I'm, oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Well we're okay. two totally different people. <laughs> Here sometimes. we go. Number four for me, Adam Archuleta. He could jump out of a swimming pool, which yeah. was like the cool thing, like an in ground pool, he could jump out of it. And he could be laying down and flex his hamstrings and stand up. That shit is cool. Warrior. I fell in love with him. Terrible football player. Oh, the draft process though. Oh, yeah, everyone Absolutely fell in love with him. Handsome. I I thought he was going to be, like, the marquee safety in the NFL. And apparently, so did the Washington Redskins. And that's why they gave him $30 million. Yeah, six-year, $30 million deal. He was the highest-paid safety in the NFL at that time. Started seven games, released right after the season. And I I think he got on the next year somewhere and then was, like, done. He only played two more years after signing the money. So um, he got a lot of money, and he's probably doing okay now. I think he's doing TV, but... What a bust. And he wasn't that good with the Rams. No, and it it was always kind of built up, not like real buzz around him. It was more about the look what he can do outside of football with the hamstring curl thing, with the jumping right. out of the pool, with all the workouts that he was doing. But and he was a box safety who could come up and back then. It was, he was like so cool to be a box safety at least. Did Bowen put him out of a job? I hope. Probably. They did play together. Yeah. You went from Adam Archuleta to Matt Bowen, who was... Talking about an upgrade. Yeah, there you go. Definitely. Next guy, let's just keep it rolling with uh, these Washington Redskins. One of the best cornerbacks I've ever seen play. Probably the number one shutdown corner ever. Doesn't even compare with anybody else. Don't tell me Charles Woodson, Rod Woodson. Deion Sanders is the best shutdown corner of all time. I feel like you're throwing some shots. I am. I was looking at you the whole time. I said that you forgot. I am close enough to slap you. Prime time was the man, except for the fact that he signed a seven year, $55 million deal with the Redskins when he was 32 years old. He had just been cut by the Cowboys. They said, nah, we're good injury. We're going to let you move on. And the Redskins and Dan Snyder are like, Oh, you're 32 years old. Let's go ahead and sign you to a seven year deal. I, there's no way Dion thought he would ever play out that deal. Crazy that he even got it. Seven years, fifty-five million dollars to a 32 year old corner who had just been cut. Yeah, I knew that. I knew he was going to be on here, and I I wanted to take it because I wanted to get angry about Dion because I think he's, the best he's corner the third best corner in NFL history. Did I get your top two? You got Charles Woodson. I think is yeah. one. I think Darrell Reeves is two. Oh, okay. And then maybe Champ Bailey. Yeah, they ain't Dion, but I like him. Because they didn't play baseball. Oh, he definitely came through and was like more of a name than a player, but right. he, I think he was still the best shutdown corner. That To me, like, let's, I'm going to go off here mm-hmm. on a separate little tangent. <laughs> to me, that would be like calling King Griffey Jr. the best baseball player ever. Or Sean Taylor the best safety ever. Like, they no. had like the best traits, but for whatever reason, they never reached the pinnacle of that. I think Dion was like that. It's like hype. Like Griffey wearing the backward hat. Everyone wanted to swing their bat in the box. Like he was so marketed. I don't agree that with you that. He was good. Well, he still he was good. 600 home runs. He was good, but he's not the greatest baseball player of all time. Yeah, but is he like one of the best center fielders of all time? I don't know. The answer to that. I think he is. I think he's in that argument, and maybe we talk about it this weekend on mic Up. <laughs> I think Ken Griffey is. But Deion Sanders is not one of the best football players of all time, but he's one of the best shut-down corners I think of he all got time. so overrated. Definitely. I agree with you, but and I still think mercenary. he's the best corner. Like, if he like, didn't do that dumb dance... Yeah, you know, he couldn't tackle to save his life. No. But he, he could take away tail? a side of the field like no other. I think it was marketing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why do people eat avocado? It's not good. It's because, oh, I totally agree it's because someone marketed it. They're like, it's a healthy fat. It's good for you. It tastes oh, delicious. I absol- this It's terrible. This generation, you can market anything. To Dion me. is avocado. No, because yes. I don't like avocado and I like Dion Sanders. Okay, Dion is milk. Like okay, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, what? definitely. Like, everybody it is loves so it. It's so weird. You the human very beings versatile. drink another animal's milk. I'll, I'll get with you on that argument. We are, are the only Imagine animals. a cow drinking <laughs> breast milk. Like, no, I'm it good. doesn't I happen. don't want this cow. You stay over there, I've been eyeballing that goat all day. Right. go ahead, and bring that Baja motherfucker over here. It's weird. <laughs> it's so weird. Deanna's milk. And everybody thinks it's good for you, and it's so great. It's trash. I like milk, too. So anyway, you're up next with your third guy. I don't even remember where I'm at. DeMarco Murray. This is a recent Mm -hmm. one for you. Mm -hmm. 2015, uh, had that great year, led the the league in rushing with the Cowboys. He goes and signs a five-year, $40 million contract with the Eagles to share carries, which is just ridiculous by itself. He gets traded to the Titans after one season. With the Eagles, where he just, they fell apart. They, they, I don't know what their plan was. They tried this a couple of years, like with the Dream Team stuff up there, and it never worked. So DeMarco Murray comes in at number three for me. Well, and with these free agents, even this year, you got to remember that a team let these guys go. And they let them go for a reason. There's a a very good reason that a team will say, okay, we have D Ford here. We want to pay him $15 million or whatever. And be like, no. We're going to move him for somebody else. We don't want to pay him. He's not worth that. So a lot of these guys on this list, I mean, similar story here. I'm going to go at our Browns fans. I think we have a lot of them. We do. Uh, And they've got a jersey out there with a very long list of quarterbacks on it. (laughs) This one's on there. One of the gentlemen that is on that list is Jeff Garcia. Uh, When the Browns were kind of in their rut, Jeff Garcia was tearing things up with your San Francisco 49ers. They signed Jeff Garcia to a four-year, $25 million deal, which is a very good deal, especially for that time. However, he only played in 10 games, and they only won three of them before they moved on from Jeff Garcia. He's just another name on that long-ass jersey that's probably going to end with Baker Mayfield. But the Browns, they had some quarterbacks on this list, and Jeff Garcia uh, was one of the worst fits in Cleveland, I think, ever. Yeah, and I— like. I loved Jeff Garcia. He was dating a Playboy model. Like he was turning it up for the Niners, and he's this goofy-looking ginger, undrafted small guy who's like really athletic, really tough. Like I loved the way he played. And when he went to the Browns, like I was upset because the Niners didn't have a plan at all. And so he goes to the Browns and was not good. And I was like, oh, okay, that's why you guys did that, man. I rooted for the Browns to be good for so many years through so many bad quarterbacks. Like honestly, I thought Derek Anderson was going to be good, and I kind of hopped on the bandwagon there. And now that they finally have a quarterback, I'm like, no, don't like him. I, I thought Tim about. Couch was going to be good. He probably could have been in a different situation. I mean, have you gotten, yeah, I mean, played behind the second worst offensive line in NFL? The history. Browns are a completely different organization now. From the, the turnover that they've had in one year, they are not even close to the same organization. It's all Sashi Brown. Team. That yeah, was I sarcasm. He's, People he's, can't he's pick set that set up. set them up nice. Yeah. Real nice. Number two on my list, the Raiders. Of course, they've made a mistake. The Raiders signed Javon Walker to a six-year deal worth $55 million. They were like, they thought they were in it, right? They were going to get a big play receiver. We got this. Uh, didn't happen. Uh, they were taking him from Denver, so they thought, oh, we're going to MF our rival. He's this great player. Well, he went to Oakland, and he caught 15 passes for 196 yards on one touchdown. Dude, Not I, in his first game. Yeah. Forever. For the season. I, I actually loved him. He's one of those guys I used to trade for on Madden yeah. all the time Big out of Florida receiver. State. I was yeah. kind of like a Florida State fan back then. Uh, I really liked him. I really thought he was going to do great things. You know what? Sorry, go ahead. He came from the Packers, and they were just, like, good receiver. It was just still the thing, same thing. Yeah. Like, you look at Jordy Nelson, you look at Randall Cobb. It's just, who's a Packers receiver? Okay, they're going to be good. They're playing with Brett Favre. And then they go to another team. Actually, they're shit. Their quarterbacks are just pretty good in Green yeah. Bay. Hey, well, he had some good years in Denver, too. He had one good year in Denver. Um, And then the, the next year, 2017, wasn't very good. Then the Raiders did this when he was 30. So it was a mistake. Here's what Typical I almost interrupted you with. He was like the original DK Metcalf. This dude was so freaking ripped, like mm-hmm. shredded, like tin pack. And just like arms and shoulders everywhere, like so yeah he's like 6'3", 220 I think I was trying yeah. to look it up while you were talking there but yeah 6'3", 216 out of Florida State ran a very good 40 time if I remember right I mean look had, at this picture had everything look at this picture except for the ability to catch Jeez, he's like Terrell Owens on steroids yeah and DK Metcalf exactly yeah exactly. <laughs> all right I think I'm up again I'm going to go I'm digging deep um I used to be a Cowboys fan growing up. It was probably the last favorite team I had before the Chiefs. I like how I'm the bandwagon fan, and you're just like, I was a Florida State fan. I was a Cowboys fan. (laughs) I I was also like five years old when this was happening. Like, I was trying to figure some shit out. I wasn't 35 (laughs) or however old you are right now. (laughs) Are you 35? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So when I was five years old and trying to figure shit out, how did I even know? about football at five. I have a six-year-old. How the hell did I know all this stuff? You're welcome. And that's why I got this job right here. <laughs> it wasn't your Twitter handle. <laughs> it was your brother forcing you to watch football. No, I started Twitter when I was six. I was like the second person in, and now it's worked into this gig. But I was a Cowboys fan, and they won multiple Super Bowl. Super- <laughs> they won multiple Super Bowls. <laughs> when I was a fan, one of the MVPs of those Super Bowls was Larry Brown. The corner opposite of Deion Sanders actually won MVP and then turned that into a very good deal with the Raiders. Except for he was never worth a shit when he was with the Cowboys. He had one good game, signed a five-year, $12 million deal, went on to the Raiders, and started one game with them. Five-year deal, started one game with the Raiders. Absolutely atrocious cornerback play. Terrible signing. He's my number five guy. I think he ended up back in Dallas to end his career, even. Oh yeah, I think so too. He was just he was never anything special. I remember being very upset. Like, oh my God, this guy just won the MVP of the Super Bowl, and the Cowboys are gonna let him move on. Even like at five, I was like, Oh God, that's terrible. Hindsight, yeah. Good here's, job, Jerry Jones. Here's the symmetry that our show has. You know how I always tell you that and this is this was original. Someone stole this from me. Time is a flat circle. Yeah, you've been my saying number that for five years. guy Neil O'Donnell threw those interceptions to your number one guy Larry <laughs> Brown. Flat circle, flat circle. It is that really is my saying. I don't get enough credit for that. Number one on my list, Namdi Asamoah. Another the Eagle. dream team, man. They built this shit. Vince Young comes out. It's like we're the dream team. Nobody's going to beat us. And they gave him money. And this was 2011. They gave him five years, sixty million. He made it two seasons, moved back to California, tried to become an actor. Man, everybody thought he was the best corner in the game. Uh, alongside, like, Daryl Revis was playing at the time, and people were saying Namdi Osawa was the best corner in the game because he was, like, 6'2", 210. Only problem was he couldn't really cover anybody after he got to Philadelphia. He was Charmin. Charmin soft. Boy well, it was soft. Let us know the worst free agent signing for your team or maybe just in NFL history, any that we missed. You can leave those in your iTunes review or you can tweet them at us at stick to football. All right, Mel, I would like to just formally apologize, to King Griffey. You told me during the break, like, hey, uh <laughs> Twitter's you, gonna eat you alive. You thought the uh the the simulator stuff was bad? You just pissed off <laughs> King Griffey Twitter. Yeah. Good the luck. King buddy. Griffey stands are gonna come. I out actually on loved you, buddy. Griffey. I really did. Like our buddy Sam Myers, uh growing up a liberal, like we were King Griffey guys. Like the I didn't play baseball a lot growing up. And I think part of the reason was because I tried to do the bat shake thing in the box. And I'm yeah. not athletic enough to do that. <laughs> Dude, I tried to hit left-handed for a lot of reasons, but the main one was because King Griffey Jr. hit left-handed, and I thought I could do it. I just lacked some of the coordination to get that job slash done. all Yeah. yeah. And then eh, I actually got in trouble at a baseball practice one time for wearing my hat backwards. So we don't do that. Like, Motherfucker, I'm watching ESPN <laughs> on Sunday nights. Right. King Griffey Jr. doesn't. I'm going to wear my hat backwards. Granted, I was trying to play third base at the time, like in the field, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> with my hat backwards. Not a good idea. But whatever. I did wear 24 in baseball, but it was for Willie Mays. But Ken Griffey Jr. also wore 24 for Willie Mays. Yeah. So we got a lot in common, the, the kid and I. Yeah, after you just shat on him. No, I'm, I apologized. Barry Bonds <laughs> is my favorite baseball player of all time, though. Yeah. Storoids. <sighs> Everyone was on him. Who cares? All right, yeah, it's draft were. on draft time. It means no Corey's first question of the night. Okay, we're going right in on this. I know you guys like that when I read the question first and like react to it. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. we we got one here. This question, this motherfucking question, right here. What type of liquor is best for drinking away your Giants-related sorrows? Asking for a friend. (laughs) Of course he is, because he's not a Giants fan. So I have my own drink. (laughs) Humble brand, no cories, and it is Knob Creek ginger ale. Uh, It sounds girly right now. Let me keep going. A muddled orange slice and just a tiny shot of Quattro. It's good. It's a lot of Knob Creek. But that's the drink. So I would say since you're in New York, you got to go with a Long Island. Uh, If you can get one and they're good, uh, I will tell our listeners, we went to merchants over Nashville and we've always talked about how great the Long Islands are. In fact, we drank 19 of them in 2018, 2019. uh, They were not good. But if you can find a good Long Island, that's my favorite drink. So surely somewhere in New York has them. And if I'm a Giants fan, that's what I'm drinking my sorrows with. So I would go with a Delirium if you want to drink beer. They are very high ABV. They're they're Belgian, I believe. And they taste like Natty Light. And they, and they taste like Natty Light, but they're strong. Not that I would drink that they shit. They are but. really, really strong. All right. Mellow Dan Kiefer is up next. Our boy Dan. Love you, Dan. How will Eli be remembered in New York? The guy that beat the Patriots or the guy who, whose contract cost them everything? So I think both. Yeah, I agree. But the thing is, like, what's the saying? Like, You either die a hero or you live long enough to become a villain. He is living long enough to be the, the villain at this yeah, point. Yeah, he, he definitely is. And he you can't forget about the two Super Bowls. He's going to make it to the Hall of Fame off those two games alone, regardless of anything else he did with his career. You're saying, you're telling me right now, Eli Manning's a Hall of Famer? Yes. And you thought I was going to get stuff? So like now Ken you've Griffey. now you've pissed off Ken Griffey fans and Eli Manning fans. I think he's a Hall of Famer. I'm not saying that I would vote for him, but he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Is his last name still Manning? He's a Hall of Famer. I would bet you Archie's not in the Hall of Fame. I would bet you large amounts of money. How much? Ten thousand dollars. that Eli Manning will be a Hall of Famer. Yes. Okay. Okay. It could cancel out the like wedding. Yeah. You. Okay. I'm gonna have twenty thousand dollars so soon. He's gonna be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Eli will not be. He's no a way. quarterback. He's won two Super Bowls. Won't happen. There are worse quarterbacks than the. End. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> well, what was the question? How, <laughs> All right. uh, how will, he, how be will he be remembered Apparently as, as a, a <laughs> Hall of Famer who hung around too long, a la his brother, and then maybe ruined the whole? But Giants. his brother won a Super Bowl last year. Yeah, and he's a hall of famer too. too he soon. was at one point the second best quarterback in the NFL. So yeah, you yeah have, uh, that, that was a joke, but he will be remembered for those Super Bowls because he beat an undefeated team. That's <laughs> put that on his ballot. Uh, too. David Tyree did. Yeah, I don't know who threw the pass. I mean, you could have. I oh, definitely Shay could have. That ball came out like a. Wow flapping duck (laughs) and David Tyree stuck to his helmet like I don't I give Eli zero credit for that so I want to I want our listeners to chime in on this too though is Eli is Eli not if you think he is but is Eli Manning going to be a Hall of Famer because I will he be I definitely think he will be we need to tweet out a poll tomorrow okay Walker get on that (laughs) Stupak 3 UK I think I think I'm saying that right yep all right. Given their recent drafting history, is there a chance the 49ers get too cute and trade out of the second pick, even if Bo- if Bosa falls into their laps? No, I don't think so. I think that there's actually some pressure that they're feeling now after missing on Solomon Thomas. They missed on Reuben Foster. Like McGlinchey does look pretty good, but they need hits, and they don't have any right now. So I, I think they're a team that needs to hit at two. If Bosa's there, they have to draft him. If Bosa's gone, you have to take Quentin Williams. And I wouldn't be shocked if they trade back up from the second round where they pick at 36 overall to try to get a receiver. So I'm going to disagree with you, though, uh, because this is a team that we've seen get cute before and try to move back and let the Bears come up in front of them. So even if is there, I think that maybe they could move back. I think and Williams is going to be their guy, whether it's at two or three. Wherever they draft, I think they're going to target Quinn and Williams. I have zero sources to back that up. I have talked to absolutely no one. This is my own crazy take. I think they're going to take Quinn and Williams at probably pick number two. Quinn and Williams and DeVorce Buckner side by side would be unstoppable. Solomon, right. and open, then it's a good move. And then it frees up those guys for that wide nine. You got D Ford, Solomon Thomas might be able to do that. Might be able to kick outside, or at least. Until you get year five of his deal and then let him go. I don't like it. I know you don't like it, but... I would trade him. Of course you would. You tried (laughs) to trade Aaron Rodgers. I still would. (laughs) He's making like $30 million. I would trade Aaron Rodgers right now to the Giants for pick six, 17, next year's one. Deuces 12. For those three picks. You and Danica Patrick go chill at Eli Manning's apartment with his helicopter on top. Not for those three picks. If you give me like four or five first round picks... Mm -hmm. So they got two this year. I'm yeah. going to need next year's. That's what I said. Probably next year's two. That's way too much. That's, Aaron Rodgers? He's 34 years old. Uh-huh. Yep, I know. And his contract's enormous. Yeah, I would obviously. trade Aaron Rodgers right now for three first-round picks. All right. Well, good luck. <laughs> yeah. Let me run a team, somebody. <laughs> this is what you're getting. <laughs> Everybody to the table. Yeah. <laughs> there are certain players I would not trade. I would not trade Patrick Mahomes. I wouldn't trade Deshaun no. Watson. I wouldn't trade Mitch Trubisky. Like, I wouldn't trade a good quarterback on a rookie deal. There's no way I wouldn't trade Jared Goff. No yeah. way. Carson Wentz, you said you would trade him, but that's more of an injury, injury thing, history. right? History. Yeah. I was trying to think of other guys that you might not trade. I would. Is, would there be any position outside of the quarterback position? If of you guys had, that like, you're like, no, there's no way I would trade him. If you had like Charles Woodson in his prime, like I'm not trading that. Like I honestly thought Odell Beckham was going to be like untouchable. Like they they would want three first round picks yeah. for him. Well, but. if you listen to Dave Gettleman, they got two. They <laughs> <Right>? got seventeen in <laughs> a shitty safety who got drafted in the first round. Yeah, Jesus Christ, I would trade almost anyone. I, I would you. trade you. No, you wouldn't. You, yeah. And then you would trade back for me in one day. <laughs> for I would give back more than <laughs> I. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. If NFL Network was like, hey, like DJ doesn't really like San Diego. He likes the Midwest. Like we'll take Mello, and we'll give you. Like a year supply of All-22 and Daniel Jeremiah and free tickets to any game. I don't know. I I hope somebody (laughs) at the NFL network is listening (laughs) and they throw some weird shit at you like, uh, and you know what? I hope they do. Go ahead. (laughs) I'll go. Please do. All right. All Giants questions this week. Eamon Morrissey, is the problem with the Giants front office more organizational or is it just with Dave Gettleman? Because as a Giants fan, I'm at a loss for words with them Could Taylor Rapp or Chauncey Gardner-Johnson be in play for the Giants in the second round? A lot of questions put together there. Um, Let's take the first one. I don't think it's organizational. I do think it's Dave Gettleman. You can look at what he did to the Panthers. He ran them into the ground. And I I do think there's some loyalty and ownership to Eli Manning that is part of the problem as well. Um, I do think that their directors, like those guys know how to scout. Like they've been doing it for a long time. Mm -hmm. They got rid of their problem in the front office with Mark Ross, who was... I can't tell that story. Um, yes, I can. Anyone who ever needed a source knew who to talk to in the Giants front office. And it wasn't yeah. just Mark Ross. There were guys there. I, I've probably told Mello for four years in a row who the Giants were going to take in the first round and have not been wrong unless they got jumped in a trade for that guy. It's like everyone has always known because like, they had people who, oh, like we're in New York. We want to talk to the media. And it's just, that's a problem. I think the, the people they have now under Kettleman are really, really good. So it's just letting them do their jobs. And if you've ever done a fantasy football draft, you know you can't reveal people that you like. You, like. you have to keep them under wrap. I'm not going to tell you that I'm targeting like OBJ with the sixth pick overall in my fantasy right. draft because I don't want you to make some weird move and come up and take Like him. every year you guys take Michael Thomas. Inevitably, the person right before me in the draft takes him. I think I've had him the last two, three years. Yeah, because it's always you. Because I'm good at fantasy football. I knew it was you, Fredo. I'm going to start with a fantasy football podcast. Stick to fantasy. <laughs> Is it a football podcast? We don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's not. Uh, his second question, could Taylor Rapp or Chauncey Gardner-Johnson be in play for the Giants in the second round? I don't see any way Taylor Rapp falls to the second round. Uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, maybe. I I think of him as more of like a nickel-type player. Um, So at pick 37, Mm -hmm. I think that might be a touch early for him. It's the only thing I would say. Yeah, I do think he will be there, but I think there might be some other safeties still in play too. Nasir Adderley might not be a first-round safety, and I really like him. I would say this, though. We were just talking about Dave Gettleman. He is the guy who got rid of... Uh, Josh Norman. He's yep. the guy who got rid of Landon Collins. I don't think he's drafting a DB. No, early. He has never liked people from the secondary. And with Jabril Peppers, him and Chauncey Gardner Johnson are kind of the same guy. Yeah. I, you can't let one of them play the free safety role. I think they're more of a box safety play downhill kind of yep. guy. So you're going to want somebody like Deontay Thompson to so pick up the top. Yeah, mm-hmm. but he's never prioritized DBs. Early. Never. Not like more likely, you're going to go, if they don't go quarterback, like you're going to go. Montez Sweat at six, uh, Andre Dillard at 17, and then 37 is going to be a D-tackle. Yeah, or a linebacker. He, or a linebacker I really yeah. think that Devin White is in play for them at six. At six, if he's there. Mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I think my, we need to get old Mayock on the horn and tell him to draft him at four. No more Giants questions? If we have more Giants <laughs> questions, okay. Johnny Seafood. Johnny, is this an ad? Johnny Seafood. I Do think you think the Chiefs could be moving up in the 2019 draft? The Dolphins and Chiefs have a long history of dealing with each other. The, his idea. The Chiefs move up to the Dolphins pick and give it 2021, which would be uh, next year's first, setting the Dolphins up for a chance to get a quarterback in next year's class. The Dolphins take the best player available with the Chiefs pick at 29, but would that extra first for next year be enough to get the top pick range for 2020 quarterback? It could be. I mean, yeah, it absolutely and could be. The Dolphins are almost in tank mode. Right. So they're maybe be in play for that first pick so overall he's anyway. So he said the Chiefs move from 29 to 13 and send next year's first to do that, mm-hmm. which is basically what they did when they drafted Pat. They moved from 27 to 10 and gave up a future one. I I could see the Chiefs moving. I just don't know if they would want to move that far to where you're mortgaging next year's one. Like Right. The second-round picks they have, I think, yeah, are definitely on the move. Two twos this year, two twos next year. Right. So one of those pair them with that first-round pick. Maybe even throwing it like a third or five somewhere in there, then you could get up there. I don't know that they're gonna move that first round pick in next year. I think because you're not moving it for a quarterback. Right. It, it would take somebody like maybe Brian Burns slides to 13. Well, like think about what New Orleans did last year. Yep. They did this. They went from what 29 up to I, I can't can't remember off the top of my head, 14 maybe, and got Marcus Davenport and they gave up their 2019 one hmm. to do it, which ended up being 30. So it's possible, but yep. I don't think it's smart. I don't either for any position other than quarterback, and I've come out and said that I didn't like the Pat Mahomes trade, but it obviously it worked. I just I don't think you make that leap for any player other than quarterback. Yeah, you can move up a little bit, get in front of these teams like the Eagles and the Colts if you want a corner or whatever. But I don't think you, that you jump that many spots to go get. At that point, you would have to get an edge rusher. I think that's the only positional value right that you would jump. And up I think just Chiefs specific, not to any other team in the NFL this is a roster that is not as good as people think it is. Like They need, exactly. they need a center. They have they a lot might, of holes. They might need a number one receiver. They need a number two tight end. They need another running back. They need at least one defensive end. They need one linebacker. They mm-hmm. need another corner. They need another safety. You need picks. Like, mm-hmm. trading up to get Brian Burns does not fix this defense. No, it helps, not at all. But it doesn't fix it. I I agree 100% as an avid Chiefs fan. Let's roll right into that. Our buddy Tucker Hagedorn, he wants to know, if D Ford was perceived to not be a scheme fit for Kansas City, would Brian Burns be the same way? I love Burns as a player, but I'm wondering if you guys think he's a similar player. So I actually talked to talk about this a little bit today, but I told him we still answered on the show. I think Brian Burns is so much stronger at the point of attack than D Ford was. D Ford is one of the worst run defenders I've seen in a long time in the NFL Mm. because he just didn't want to. I mean, there are literally plays where he ran away from ball carriers. I don't know what happened, and if he got lost or what. But you're right; he had no value as a run-stopping defensive player. So I think it's not like I think D. Ford wasn't 100% scheme fit. I think it was scheme fit. He he had he was 50 50 on if he was going to have a good year, and then the salary, like 15 million for one year. You you don't want to lock him up long term because. He does have an injury history. Like you just it's not smart yeah. business. It, I think they are kind of going with that Patriots formula is you want to move on too early rather than too late. I mean, right. look they moved on from Marcus Peters, who is one of the best corners, and you needed a corner, but they still were fine taking a second round pick for him, just like they did with D Ford. Right. They moved on from Kareem Hunt. Exactly. They they will move on from you. So I don't know that they I don't know what they do with this pick. Yeah, they're, they're a very interesting team. I mean, we'll spend a lot of time talking about them on draft night. Kyle Underwood, what do the Giants do with the first two picks? And is Cleveland the favorite to win the AFC? So we've talked a lot about the Giants' picks, what we think they will do, what they should do. Let's talk about the second part of this question. Is Cleveland the favorite to win the AFC? Oof. Kyle, unless I missed it <laughs> and they did a baseball thing, you know, where they shuffled the divisions and the conferences, as long Ooh. as those New England fucking Patriots are still in the AFC East, buddy, they're the favorites to win it. So... I read this, and I thought maybe it said AFC North. No, it said AFC They are definitely the favorites to win the AFC North, but there are still some damn good football teams. And you're right, Matt, I'm not picking against the Patriots until Tom Brady retires. I or haven't. maybe until Belichick retires as well. Like it would take both of them leaving. And then the the Chiefs are still a very good football team. So there's some good teams. The Chargers. That, so they're not a favorite. Are they in contention for it? You bet your ass they are. I think they can really contend for the AFC. I really do want to see if they can handle the pressure of being a favorite. And I want to see how that locker room gels together. There are a lot of alpha males in that locker room. Baker Mayfield coming into year two, he's going to want to kind of take over. Then you have Landry coming into year two as being the leader on that team. He's going to want to take over. And then, oh, yeah, here's Odell Beckham, who's Who's always been the alpha dog. So how is that offense going to gel with a first-year coach? And how's it all going to work And that first-year coach has a ton of swagger, too, so he's going to want to be the dude. Yep. You know what they need? Zach Mettenberger throwing him the ball like old times. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Bringing Jeremy Hill to go with it. Right? God, that was a good team. Best SEC offenses ever to not be productive. Right. God, they were so much talent. Were they in NCAA 14? They were young, but they were in there. Well, if you're smart like I am, you can find these people online who update the rosters every yeah. year. So I still play NCAA football fourteen, but what, I get the new the roster. So you're playing it with 2018 rosters. Oh yeah, never stop. Who do you play as? Anyone, everyone It updates every year. Huh. So you're like Sam Allinger for Texas right now. Yes, he's a sophomore. Wow, bro. Well, I can't play it on. Welcome to 2019. <laughs> I can't play technology it. here. <laughs> My Xbox is like too new to play old games. You're you're 100 correct. I have to play it on a PlayStation 2. Right. So like or three. That's the problem. What do I have now? I think it's a three. Like I saw the EA tweeted the other day. It was like we have no news at this time. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> Appreciate the update. Yep. Cool. Cool story, bro. Could, how is someone not just making the game and, like, bootlegging it? Like, selling it for, like, $500? I've seen people tweet out that they need to make some kind of college game that has, like, 128 teams that are just generic as fuck, but let it be editable. Yeah, Ed- edit- editable. Sword. And then, you know, people can go online. You can make your teams. You can make your conference. Just like Madden. You don't pay any rights to the NCAA. You just say, no, we're just a college. So EA. Fan. So you're saying EA should just make college football yeah. Or like EA Amateur Football. Get Something in the like game. That. Yeah, just with like recruiting, that. and all that stuff. The gameplay, though, on NCAA 14 is still better than Madden 19. I just remember you beating Walker running the triple option. Yeah, and just running that curl all day long. It's the best route in football. Nah. Now, he's going to listen to this and be like, yeah, but I beat him in the second round. But I think we all know, like, I yeah. was trying to get ready for a birthday party. He wanted to play video games all night. Was and I'm like, fatigued. no, daddy's got things to do. Yeah, that happens. All right, last question of the night. Lexi Harbaugh, love when the lady listeners get involved. What's up, Lexi? (laughs) What can I do to become a better football wife for my husband? Apart from listening to the show, is there anything I can watch or read? Trying to be more invested in what my husband does and enjoys. So, I actually talked to my girlfriend about this today because we have a complex football relationship. She's sitting here right now, so obviously it is. Um, I think that the most important thing is to try to get involved at a level that makes you happy. Like uh, one thing I threw out today was like start a fantasy football team. Then you have to pay attention to 10 teams. Like if you're not like one of like, I know girls who know more about football than I do. And like, that's cool. That's awesome. If you're not one of those right now, you could get there. If you want to be start small, like don't jump in trying to like read, take your eye off the ball or smart football, like get a fantasy team, follow those 12 players, maybe bet on games a little bit. Like, I'm not trying to tell you to get a gambling problem, but like (laughs) just have like bets with your husband. Like, Hey, uh, if the Packers be well, the Eagles kind of tonight, bets, I'll cook dinner. You know, like things like that. Or, or I'll take, I'll get the kids ready in the morning. You or, know, or, you know, I don't know. We, we'll go to your parents this weekend instead or, of mine. Or, you know, we'll finally try that new restaurant you want to go we'll to. Or we'll try something else. Yeah. There's a lot of different ways that, because listen, there are times I don't want to watch football and it's my job. And it's blasphemy. I, and I have to like find reasons to like get excited to watch games. It's so, like fantasy football is one of those ways betting on games. I think you're right. You come in at like your interest level. Ooh, I have another one. I okay. would... S- go for it. Football parties. And they don't have to be like crazy football parties but like it sucks we don't do this because we're on the road so much but like I love just having people over like throwing three or four games up on the TVs like barbecuing. Everyone brings a snack. And you make it a community thing, just like we do with The Bachelor. Like, I don't like wa- – okay, I do like watching it. Yeah, but like I more look forward to the camaraderie of watching it together. Right. And there's nothing more annoying than somebody who's pretending to be a fan. If Like, whoever you are, guy or girl, I don't care. If you come in hot and you're trying to talk about football and you don't really know what's going on, it's very obvious, and it comes off annoying. So just watch the games. I would say just being open to what he's doing. If he wants to watch football on a Sunday – let him watch football, hang out with him, be there, be present. Maybe you pick up on some of the stuff. Maybe you like it. Maybe you don't. I don't care if my significant other would ever be into football. That's what I said, too. Just don't be anti-football. Right, right. Let me watch it. Let me have my team. Just don't be like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're still watching this game. Like, And part of what he does is the scouting part, and it's kind of work for him. So don't be anti-football. Yeah, that will never work. I, I like that she's trying. You know. Like, oh hey, yeah, like, that's a great. Step. Let me ask. You know what? What are these Just guys? Don't do, do too much. I don't know that asking two guys with three divorces for relationship advice is maybe the best idea. But that's what we're here for. I don't know, but our buddy Mitch ain't here, so we yeah. got to give it right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. Maybe old pork cattle come in. We can ask him later. Uh, that's our show. Thanks to Easton Stick. I apologize. We like this felt like an old show, and like it I did. didn't drink tonight at all. I had a beer in an hour and a half, so. Yeah. I, just, I had some kettle corn, so I don't, I don't know if that I was had the still, deal. It, there's a street fair in town, and I had some tacos, and I think they just fired me up. I think it's the fact that I, I know that I don't have to do anything tomorrow. Actually, why don't you have to do anything tomorrow? My students earn like a reward, so they get some device time just at school. That's gonna take up like most of my day, and I'm pretty excited about it too because I'm gonna watch like basketball. So we can stay out later tonight, is what you're saying? Yes, sir. All right, let's get out of here then. Connor, Melo, and I will be back Monday morning. We got a special show planned for you. I have a mock draft posting on Bleacher Report. Three rounds. These boys are going to tear wah, wah. it. That was my excited, like, air horn noise. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> These guys are going to tear my mock draft apart, just like you do on Twitter. So make sure you look for that Monday morning. Wherever you get your shows. From Mel Ho, this is Matt. We'll talk to you real soon.